Welcome to Free Game Podcast. How y'all doing out there, man? It's your boy Chevy. I got my brothers with me, Keith. Coach yes, Don. sir. Today we got a very, very special episode, um, especially to me um, because it's something I've been dealing with over the last year and a half, two years or whatever. Um, mental health, mental health in the black community, something that we need to talk about, something that we need to, you know, to understand it's okay not to be okay. You know, it's, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Now. And we got to understand when we're going through certain things, you got to learn, identify what all these things that's triggering us. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to pass it to my boy Keith. I'm going to pass it to my boy Don. Man, today's going to be a nice day on free game. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's talk about, let's talk about depression with the youth, man. That's the, that's the main thing I'm really going to talk about, man. How is it related to, how, how, how does this depression relates at home and at school and stuff like that you feel me like that's something that we really need to highlight at this point in time um of our life you feel me so yes sir no doubt man dog dog can you give give our community our our free game fans the the rundown on our guests like I, you know what i'm saying she, I heard she, she, she established like that. Like, you hear me? So I need to know what, what. Let, let me know about it, man. Let, let's up. Let, let me know about it. So definitely, definitely. Um, today's show would not be possible if we didn't have Chicago's very own, um, Jackie Allen. She's a licensed uh, clinical, clinical professional uh, counselor, uh, specializing in uh, e- EMDR therapy. So can you give? You know, so I always tap the button for the round of applause, but I'm gonna give it to you myself. You know what I'm saying? Flowers, 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 queen, man. Can you give us some more information about yourself? You know what I'm let us let us know about you and let us yeah. appreciate you. Yeah. Sure. Thank you guys so much for having me. Um, yeah, my name is Jackie Jacqueline Allen, and I am a licensed clinical professional counselor. And I can explain a little bit more about what EMDR is, but basically it's a type of therapy that helps people process trauma. Um, yeah, so I'm a mom of a two-year-old. I'm married to CW Allen. Yes, sir. Uh, okay. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what's up, man. That's what's up. Uh, trauma. Woo! especially in our community, we got so many traumas from everything, police, just street stuff. Um, it's crazy out here being a black man, black woman, black person. Um, it's just wild out here. Um, I would like to let you know that I really appreciate what you do, one. Um, I feel like your work is one of the most important things, especially with today's times. I feel like social media, it's, you know, until we figure out a way to regulate ourselves, it really be, you know what I'm saying, got got a lot of people's minds just fried in a sense of the way. I don't want to say it like that, but, you know, a lot, I feel like people spend too much time on social media, out of touch with reality, you know, then when reality comes, they don't know how to handle it, you know, so it's, it's tough out here, just, you know, that's another form of trauma then. With me, I know I have a lot of friends who, me myself, lost friends to gun violence, to you know, just living, living everyday life in the neighborhood, and it's like, it's tough, you know, it's tough. And one day for me, it came back to me, and I had to really deal with it. Like, yo, I sit back. It's a, it's a lot going on. Death. One of my little homies killed after a day or two of just kicking it with him. And, you know, it's just stuff like that, that this is an everyday story for many people in Chicago, many, many men. And I want to know, like, what would you say to to these people that's going through stuff like that? Mm, I would say, um, well, first of all, great question. Um, and you're Chevy, right? Yes. Okay, good. Yes. Okay, awesome. So great question. I would say um, I love how you opened our time together by saying it's okay to not be okay, right? Because when we experience things that are really painful, really traumatic, our bodies and, and minds can't help but respond. 
And just know that the response is actually not defective. It's your body trying to do what it needs to do to survive. So you mentioned before that a lot of people are um, avoiding things with social media that's one attempt to survive, right? Because it's sort of like, let me avoid the pain. Let me distract myself with social media. Let me sort of look like I'm perfect from the outside, whatever social media, you know, whatever right. they're going for. But recognize that even your attempts are really your body's natural way to, to try and survive. Um, but I think we have a very, um, we don't want to feel pain which is understandable, but I would say um, prioritize yourself, prioritize your mental health by doing a couple different things, finding someone to talk to, um, a therapist. And, and I always emphasize with people, you guys are like clients. I mean, um, you guys are like consumers when you're trying to find a therapist. So find someone that fits. It's kind of like dating. You might go through a couple of them because you got to really- Yeah, yeah. Because I went through a couple myself, you know, like, Absolutely. I went, like, yo, like, and also, man, we- I don't know. I don't know um, if you dealt with anything. You probably had a therapist yourself or whatever. Um, yep. Perfect. Uh, I, it's just to me, it's, it was a real disconnect. Um, I love the fact that in Chicago, if you have a med card, you can get access to free therapy. But because it's so overwhelming, um, you might not get the right person. Right, you might not get the right person, and do not let that discourage you. Uh, you know, like I had to, I went through that, I went through the city, the government for a therapist. The person was like, Yo, I'm not getting the help I need, but I kind of got discouraged. But you know, what I'm saying, I had my girlfriend, she told me, she actually gave me the quote of, It's okay not to be okay, and uh, you know, we worked it out, found something else now. I found the therapist. We rocking out, you know, damn their best friend in a sense. So, yeah, um, we need to, man. I'm you hit it on the head. Therapy, black people, we need it. You know, it's not, it's not bad to talk to people. It's not. You know, I know y'all don't like to be out here, no snitching. You know what I'm saying? No talking. You get that? You know what I'm saying? That's this different. This this different. You know what I'm saying? Like this is way different than that, man. Don, you got something to say? I have a quick question for you, Jackie. Just what are some of the uh, myths that you feel like uh, plague the Black community when it comes to therapy? What are some of the struggles that you have, you know, dealing with your clients um, who are specifically um, African-American mm. or, 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 or brown? Got it. Yeah. So that is a majority of my caseload, which I'm so okay. happy about. Um, but I would say a couple myths. I want to be sensitive when I answer this question, because I think for a lot of us, we have different fears for a reason, right? Like, you know, historically speaking, systems have not really worked in our favor. So I can understand why some of those fears would be approached um, for, for a long time, therapy was stigmatized, right? Because it was like, okay, why am I going to go talk to this person and then get a label on me and, and then just be seen in a different way? But I would say maybe one myth is um, the stigma um, because therapy is confidential. So everything my clients share with me, I don't tell a soul. Only if um, there's harm to self, harm to somebody else, then it becomes, you know, I can't keep that confidential. Stuff like that, right? Right, exactly. Yep. But I would say, yeah, that's one myth that um, I think things are changing now to where there's not a stigma. Like we're not defective when we struggle with anxiety or depression um, because there's new information out there. We're recognizing that these symptoms are actually our body's attempt to, um, to keep us safe. Think about anxiety, for example, right? Anxiety is basically our mind um, going to the future, and, and coming up with a really scary narrative, like a really scary version of our experience. That's our body, our body's attempt to self-preserve. It's like, oh gosh, okay, so if I step out the house, this could happen, this could happen. And so I think um, one myth is that you're not defective if you need um, additional support. There's nothing wrong with you. Um, I think that's the biggest one that I can think of when it comes to myths. Um, within our communities when it comes to mental health stuff. Yeah, man, we gotta, it's just not perfect world. I definitely want to say something. Uh, Jackie, the, the question I want to ask, my fault, Chevy, for cutting you off, but I wanted to know, like, on 
to piggyback off what you said, you feel like on on the myths, like do you feel like uh, like the generation before us, do you think they played a, a part in our mental health? You feel me? Because it's like uh most most people in my generation, uh people that's like, you know, between the ages of like, you know, 17 and 25, you feel me, they usually uh can't really rely on they uh they parent to talk about their mental health, you know. Uh it's like it's a saying, you feel me, like if I was to tell you feel me, a parent that like, oh yeah, you feel me, I'm depressed. And she'll tell me, man, go depress them dishes. You feel me? Go do, go depress them. You feel me? Go go depress them dishes in the kitchen. You feel like you like, hey, you feel me? I gotta clean up because I'm depressed. Like, I, I can't open up to you. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So it's like, do you think uh, our parents uh, played a part in people not open up uh, about their feelings and emotions? Mm, yeah, and I have to say, Marquise, I think your generation specifically, you guys are really spearheading stuff, I think, because it's like it's like your generation is open to talking about this stuff and there's no shame attached to it. At least I, I'm seeing some movement there. But I think you did hit it on the nail when it comes to previous generations before us. But I think they did what they had to do to survive trauma. Let's be honest. Like, let, I mean, we can't look at this without the color that history sort of plays as the backdrop, right? And when you think about trauma, many of our communities went through intense trauma, no sort of support. Think about it, 250 years, not to put it bluntly, but our people being raped, 250 years and no support. And then, you know, transitioning to other sort of times in history, no support. And I think now we have the language because of Marquise's generation and and our generation in part two, but I think you're right. I think in our family context, we were invalidated a lot, right? It was sort of like, there was no room for you to express your sadness or emotions. It was definitely put down. And I think, I think you hit it on the nail, Marquise. I do think that that sort of taught us to suppress what our experience is, for sure. I feel like our parents, our parents, like our parents usually, like, like when it comes to like pain and like, like whether it's physical pain or mental pain, you feel me? We was you we was taught to sweep stuff under the rug, you feel me? Like it's a lot of people out here right now that that's going through things with their family and their family just sweep stuff under the rug. And that's what causes things to, you know, it, it causes people not, not to trust other people because if your own family willing to sweep things under the rug that's traumatizing your own health. Like, how can you even trust a therapist? You feel me? Oh, yeah. and I have to say something um, to that because how our fam- how our parents spoke to us actually becomes internalized as our own self-talk, right? Yeah. So if our parents were saying, um, oh, you're sad, you're crying, I'm going to give you something to cry about. That becomes internalized as our own sort of inner critic. Hey, hey I definitely had something to cry about. <laughs> they get no workers, boy. Well, <laughs> yeah, I think both of you guys made some valid points, uh, even going as far as back as to like slavery. Mm-hmm. And um, I stated before, like the only form of, I guess, therapy would be like Negro spirituals or people would put up this wall of not being broken mm-hmm. um, to kind of mask what they were going through. But there has been a, uh, there has been a significant spike with people of color who are now receiving uh, therapy. And like you said, I, I feel like um, the younger generation is kind of spearheading that with being open uh, about uh, expressing how they feel um, emotionally, uh, mentally, you know, saying they're okay to not be okay. Whereas um, it just wasn't accepted um, before as much. Look, I know for a fact that when I was growing up, to, to have somebody to talk to, only have my grandmother really to, you know, to, to really talk to. Other than that, it, it was silent. Nobody to talk to, you know, like I was the only child. Both my uh, parental figures worked super hard. So the, nobody was in the house. I damn near raised myself type, type situation. So, you know, like, that Dylan, you know, I'm 10 years old, setting an alarm to the house, cooking breakfast, all this other stuff, like nobody's around. And that's, I feel like that's, you like a lot of, a lot of kids have to raise themselves, you know, like because of, because they really ain't have that, 
you know, that real time with their parents, right? So um, just to stay in the home realm, what are things you can do at home, like if you know you're feeling down, you, you know what I'm saying, you're you, you feeling it, you don't want to leave, what's something you can do at home to help you feel better? What, what, what do you suggest, like, you know, some things yeah. for us? Yeah, that's a great question. So what can you do at home? So I would say, I mean, it depends on how old you are for sure. But I would say um, definitely find someone who you trust. It doesn't have to be a therapist, but someone that you trust that you can um, take up some space with. Because we have two major needs in life, to be authentic and to be loved. And a lot of times we learn to suppress our authenticity to hold on to relationships. But I think we all need spaces where we can just be our authentic self. I'll also say um, some really practical things you could do at home is just recognize that our bodies are constantly scanning areas to see if we are safe emotionally and physically. So think That's through and yeah, it's crazy, right? But through our senses. <laughs> What'd you say? I said I thought I was just on edge. No, yeah. Your body's constantly scanning through through um, looking, through um, touch, sense of smell, all that. And so I would say really surrounding yourself with things that feel life-giving, whatever that looks like. And also people, you got to start assessing your, your village. Because I think sometimes we, um, we tolerate people that aren't serving us at times. And so kind of thinking through um, things within your home that, send, that, that provide you with a sense of safety, but also your friend group, your village, who are those people? Yeah, man, you got to realize, like, the people on your Instagram and Twitter ain't your friends, man. Those are not real people. I know y'all like, like tweeting them. I know y'all like interaction. Those are not your friends, man. They'll turn on you in a minute. Do not think they're your friends. Like, no. But, uh, yeah, like, it's it's tough out here, y'all. Like, it's real tough, y'all. And we got we to gotta learn. We got to arm ourselves with different different weapons, you know, physically, Mentally, you know what I'm saying, and spiritually. You gotta, you gotta definitely defend ourselves out here. Mm -hmm. uh, real quick, real quick. This is the free game podcast, yo. Free game, free game. You know what I'm saying? You drop it on all y'all to like this, man. This is this gonna, gonna touch on some things on this episode. Uh Keith, man, like you you a little bit younger than me. Um use you. You was in the brunt, like your generation was the brunt of Chirac. You know, that was that was y'all. Like my you know what I'm saying? My my people, we we, we was in the beginnings of it, but you, you yo bro, y'all was out there, you know what I'm saying? Like speak, speak to that because I know you know what I'm saying, you you lost homies out here in the field, bro. You know what I'm saying? Our and you know, just speak on it, bro. Like what's you know, so what's what's some of the things you you learn to deal with and understand by doing, you know what I'm saying, living, living life? Uh, shit. I mean, like, far as, far as, like, uh, growing up in my generation, like, we dealt with a lot of, uh, like, death. Death has been a very common thing. Uh, like, the people that we grew up with from grammar school uh, going into our adult years, you know, they gone. You feel me? And it's like, it makes Chicago and, and living life not the same no more because it's like, I used to do so and so with, with my with my homie, and now he gone. You feel me? Uh, so we dealt we dealt with a lot of that, and a lot of um, depression on trying to figure out who we are as people. Like like what are our, what, like we we all want to be successful. You feel me? This our, my generation is so built on trying to be successful, trying to start businesses, careers, and stuff like that. But we get lost because it's such a hard way trying to get it out the out the mud, out the hood. So it's like uh, we we really was taught. So like being a repetitive cycle of like, you know, you know, go to work, come home, pay bills, go to sleep, wake up and do it again. You feel me? But that's not what life is. Life is just, life is just enjoying yourself. You feel me? Just loving yourself. And like it's kind of hard to find that. And and in my in my generation, that we found it hard to just love ourselves. And we um we end up turning to things that gives us temporary satisfaction. You feel me? Uh like, you know, drugs, alcohol, uh into the wrong intimate relationships, all different types of things like that, uh, to fill that void of hurt, that, that void of hurt, that void of loss, uh, the void of not having our family there for us. Uh, my generation suffered a lot from that uh, growing up. You can hear it in the music. 
they talk about it a lot in the music. And so it's like we since we since we can't you feel me talk it out from uh a young adult to an older adult, we just we just talk it out through the music. We'll talk it out through when we have a like a smoke session where we go out and drinking and partying or doing the things that we ain't really supposed to do to fill that void in that empty space, you know? Oh, yeah. Like you said, it's it's tough. Like man, I went, I went, I went to school with with this dude, and next year he's dead. You know, like like damn, that's that's tough out here, man. Hey, Don, your your generation, cause you older than us, your generation went through a flux of the of the deaths of deaths too. Um, it was um yeah, I think we. Y'all, y'all was kind of, you know what I'm saying? Y'all caught the back end of the 90s, um, early in early 2000s, right? Y'all yeah. was... was yeah, but of, I don't think... Um, uh, I don't think that we... Uh, <clears throat> well, there's a couple things that factor in uh, how and what, you know, death was, was perceived or looked like during my time. Uh, one of the biggest factors is that there was no social media. So we didn't have to see that. Um, I I lost my older brother when I was about 12 or maybe 13 years old. But no one in my community probably died that I knew tangibly within like three to four months. And so it wasn't this uh, reoccurring thing of having to deal with, with death and trauma to that magnitude. Uh, what I will say is that uh, I feel that a lot of people my age uh, may be desynthesized to uh, death or, or trauma uh, just because we had different outlets to deal with it um, or put a band-aid on what we were going through, but never really dealing with those issues. And so it just looked a whole lot differently. Uh, I think Keith's generation is a little bit more uh, vocal and kind of in your face about uh, being depressed, um, having some mental issues, and also visually you're able to see how they're handling those issues, whether it's with drugs or alcohol or, um, yeah, mostly drugs and alcohol and maybe music. In my opinion, it's, it's broadcasted. Whereas, in my opinion, we kind of like hid it. We did, they probably did use those things, but we weren't so like blunt and open with them. It's more, I, you know, I always said that, like, you know, the drug use then is not nothing new. It's just more of it, you know, nothing, the pills, yeah, yeah. The, all this, there's nothing new. It's just like, like, nah, it's more, it's more people one, and it's more people going through things. So now everybody turning like turning to the drugs rather than turning to somebody like man like you really need it's it's it's, it's little boys out here who like yo they best friend just that they probably just need a hug and they can't get it they will pop a pill for ten dollars or something and just feel whatever that's gonna make them feel yo and it's like we need to we need to understand yo like you gonna have emotions emotions are a part of life. You're gonna have to learn how to deal with those emotions. You can't run away from them every time something makes you feel a certain way. You know, it's a, you know, it's tough. You know, I'm not saying it's easy though. You know, uh, but you gotta be tough out here. You know, that's the and that's what it boils down to. And if you need help, that's why you got therapy. You know, so hey. you know, once, once again, this is the free game podcast. Free we, got, game, we, got, we got Jackie Allen, man. She's so dope, man. She's dropping, okay. bombs, dropping bombs on us. Jackie, Jackie, you dropping the knowledge, boy. They don't let them oh, have this. Oh, I wanted to kind oh, of... Yeah. Um, is it okay if I ask... Well, I wanted to share um, something that Chevy had mentioned. I agree. I think emotions communicate something to us, right? Even the unpleasant ones. And I think, you know, going back to what Marquis said, um, your generation, and to be honest, every generation gravitating towards drugs, alcohol, really, that's just the part of us that's trying to create some distance from pain, right? But mm -hmm. I think um, 
I think it's important to know that even if we do feel pain or unpleasant emotions, it doesn't mean we're weak. It doesn't mean we're defective. Um, but I have a question for Marquise and Donnell, because I'm curious, like, how was your grief? How did people respond to you when you did experience loss? Um, do you feel like you got an adequate response or was it just kind of you were you were supposed to just go to school the next day? I'm just curious to know, like, what happened after that, if that's OK. Uh, for for me, uh, I ain't really you feel me like we never really just sat and talked about like you know when 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 people like you know just let that out like you feel me like we like even like I the first time in our generation the the first person that really walked away in our life you feel me that went absent is our fathers you feel me our fathers was really the first ones that left our life you know in my in my generation I can't speak for. You know, the generation before me, but even the ones now, I feel like people now are starting to suck up with my fathers now. Um, but in my generation, the first person that left us was our fathers. You feel me? So we we already hurting off that, trying to figure out, like, is it my fault? Am I not good enough? Am I, like, you feel me? Am I the one? Am I the reason that broke um, my mom and, and my pops up? You feel me? Like, you feel me? And now we watching our mom struggle because she, she's missing that. You feel me? And now we, as we grow up, we try to build these connections with our friends and now they gone to like a gun violence or something like that. So now it's like, man, who do we talk to? Because the only person we talked to was our friend and now they gone. You feel me? So it's like we never really solved that problem. We never had, we never found closure, if that, if, if, if you will. Like we never found closure for our fathers leaving us at an early age. We never found closure for why, why our friend had to die in this gun violence act. We never found closure on why is our family sweeping things under the rug? We ain't, we never found closure for these things. So now we just living, we just pushing past it. We just going through life, like trying to figure out why is these things happening and how, how can we deal with it? And I think, I think in my generation, we we struggle with trying to uh, open up our feelings uh, because we, we lost so much. Like what's the purpose of opening up if it's just going to get lost in the end? So it was like, that's, that's kind of tough for us. Um, so my question to bounce off your question is how can you help uh, my generation find closure on uh, the people that left us? Uh, and on top of that, how can we uh, be able to express our emotions and feelings going forward? Mm, okay, that's such a complex question because it's such a complex issue. You mentioned like when your father is absent. And I think you have so much insight, Marquise, because you're right. When we, uh, it's sort of like grief. When our parents aren't what we need them to be, it's like we're grieving. It's almost like we're grieving our family how we sort of wanted it to be. And I think you're right. It sort of imprints different messages on us. Like, I'm not good enough because as children, um, we soak everything up like it's we're egotistical, if I could be honest with you, right? Not in a bad way, but we just sort of soak everything up like we are the cause. And so different messages get imprinted on us. I would say, um, I think it goes back to really finding a space where you can allow some of these things to take up space, if that makes sense. Because I think when I think of what it looks like to be mentally healthy, or as my friend says, mentally fit, I love that phrase because I think we have to start pressing into some of the pain that we've experienced because that's the only way through. A mentally fit person is a person that is able to have flexibility. So we can feel the unpleasant emotions, but we can return back to feeling calm, feeling present, feeling okay. And the only way to gain flexibility is to also press into the pain. So I would say um, finding spaces where you can take up space and really um, develop language regarding how you're feeling, because that's also a thing. You're right, Marquise. But yeah, that's just one tip I have in therapy, in a trusted adult, someone though, like getting it out. Because when we hang on to pain, it actually manifests itself in the body. Um, so it's important to press into that. That's crazy. That is, it's just crazy how powerful uh, your mind and emotions is that works with the body. Like it, it can really shut your whole body down just being uh, depressed and having a lot of anxiety and stuff like that. Um, you know, one of my, and how I deal with things like this, like I, I never found closure for any of those things either. And so how I how I typically deal with it, I usually just like I, I do music. Uh, music has been 
the outlet for me to just express myself. What is, you feel me? Whether I, I know the song is good or not, like it's just to say these things and like, I, it don't it don't have to, I don't really care like what anybody thinks. As long as I say it and I got it off my chest, you feel me? That's the, that's the beauty of it, you feel me? And I love that you say that, Marquise, because therapy is not a one-stop shop, right? It's not a magic pill that's just going to cure you tomorrow. Um, but I think that it, it sets you on a trajectory to be able to digest some of the painful experiences that you had. Because some of these things you mentioned, Marquise, are huge. They're not going to just be... Um, healed tomorrow. But I think there's other different facets, right? You mentioned music, moving your body, eating right, all that contributes to being mentally fit. Those are definitely some key points, um, uh, Keith, especially um, kind of tying into depression and then also what it does to your body physically, which is why there's so many uh, high cases of people of color with cancer and stuff like that, because they're depressed or going through trauma, and then your immune system is weakened. And so when you're supposed to be fighting off these different things, you can't because your body's so weak. And so you're not able to fight off um, what you need to fight off in your body. Um, but, but go ahead, Trevor. We definitely have to realize, like, when they say that the mind is the most powerful thing in the world, it is. <laughs> you Whatever you think will more than likely come true if you think too hard about it, especially with diseases and mental health. Uh, I know, like, personally, my thing was uh, grief. Like, thinking about my grandmothers, they passed literally two weeks from each other. And those ladies was my rock, you know, people I talked to. Now, but, you know, you know what I'm saying, my, real, my therapist in general. And to lose them, I thought about that every day. You know what I'm saying? Then when the pandemic happened, it really forced me to sit down with nothing else to take my mind off of it and sit and spiral it, you know? So definitely um, don't let these thoughts get you, get you, you know? It's put you, put you in a prison and you won't be able to get out. You know, just find, some, find your sunshine somewhere. You know, like you said, uh, like Jackie said, a trusted adult, a trusted figure, mentor, you know, somebody, it's somebody in your life that you trust. It, it is like, I know you probably don't think of it like that because uh, how you was raised or, you know, we all go through life in different path, paths or whatever. So you might not identify that person as being a trusted individual, but find that person for you and, you know, just rock out. Let them know, you know, I got to talk about something. You know, like, and then something on my head, I need to get it off, you know, like it's definitely needed you know you can't have these bad emotions just growing 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 because eventually it's gonna come out and it's not gonna be what you like never gonna be what you like so definitely um man yo this i've been rocking out this pod been dope uh i don't want to know jack if i'm calling you jack on Sure, like, name, like even more than that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, what are what are some outlets? You know, like you you do you got any places uh, where you can find therapy at uh, things like that? I know me myself, uh, I use the app Cerebral. Um, I live by they. You know what I'm saying. They they helped you boy out. You know, I, you know, me and my therapist, like I said, she don't know my best friend. Um it's I feel like it's it's a nice app um to use. Um they, I feel like they need to give me promo because I just gave them a shout out, you know, so holla at me. But uh hey, hey what that app what that app what that app be doing? What that app be doing? Oh, so basically it's uh it'll let you uh it, you know you're gonna take a test, of course. Don't be scared about the test. It's just trying to get you know, your aptitude, see where you at. You know what I'm saying? Where you, where you fall on the scale. They you find out where you are on the scale. You know, then they meet, they they match you up with about 10 um, suggested uh, therapists that fit your criteria. You know, it, it's it very personalized. Then also after that, um, you know, if you are already on medication, they handle medication. It's cheaper to, um, it's 
it's a it's it's a real good app. It take like I said, take care of your medication and the therapist. And if if needed, you know, you can set up in person things and stuff like that. Cerebral app, I live by it. Y'all should definitely get it if you need a way to just find to get into the to the therapy world. You know, it's a nice app for new new newcomers. You know, I use it. Uh, but Jackie. Do you have any more information about places? Yeah, so I would first start out um, through your insurance. If you don't have insurance, there is an awesome organization called NAMI, N-A-M-I, Chicago.org. And they, you can actually call them and they could provide a lot of different resources if you don't have insurance. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say start off by going through your insurance and they could provide you with a list of providers that you can start calling. And I always say you can ask for a 15-minute consultation with the therapist see if they um, uh, provide those just to see if the vibe feels right, ask them any questions about what they specialize in, stuff like that. But yeah, NAMI Chicago is a great resource um, out there. Well, I, I have, I have my, my first therapy session was this year. It was, it was with this lady, you feel me? The crazy part is she was cool. She wasn't, she wasn't, she wasn't like a real life therapist, but that was the crazy part. You feel she was, she was an intern. Hold <laughs> on. Oh, no. For a case study. Hold oh, no, no, on. No, no, no. no, she was, I wouldn't say she, you feel me? You know what I'm trying to say, man. Nah, so she, she was, a, she, she was a therapist, but she was like still in school. So she was just an intern. So she was like, you feel, but she, she ain't tell me that to the end of our session. Like we did like a three month session. Oh, she needed you for a grade. That's what that was. Right. I, 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 felt, I, felt, I felt the little used. She, had, she told me that at the end. She told me that at the end. Oh, hold on. So you're not a real therapist. She said, well, I'm a therapist in training. I'll say it. I just told you my whole life. <laughs> but now nah, she was cool. feel better though. It did make me feel better though. She was cool though. She, for an intern, she handled it pretty well. Um, she uh she's an intern, I think, at DePaul University. Okay. Either the no Loyola. It's Loyola. She's at Loyola. Um and she did she did pretty good. Um for the first time, like um, like she just she just basically just let me um just open up uh, and talked about a lot of things as far as like uh my parents and they and they the way of, of raising me and stuff like that. Um and they said it all starts at it starts at home. You feel me? Like what are what you taught at home? Um can really make it make you or break you for the future you feel me so it was just like yeah so I, I definitely recommend therapy it was cool and she ain't she ain't like judge me or nothing like that you feel she was cool so yeah for all the all the people out there that's uh in my generation in my age i definitely recommend therapy you feel me? uh somebody that that's like willing to just relate to you um instead of just like trying to like nitpick you and stuff like that just think they just try to give you all the solutions let me just get for you real quick you feel me so you just that, that's all you be needing is somebody to just talk to. That's all I'm like that's a little, little, little conversation here now, you know. For sure, for sure. Um, but you know, health is definitely wealth, you feel me? Um, and your health start with your mental for sure. Like it really starts with your head. You gotta get you gotta get your mind right so everything else can fall in line. Um Jackie, uh you said, do you have any any more uh, like locations or anything else like people can find help at? Um, you know what I do? I always have the um, suicide hotline um, mm-hmm. on, on hand. And then also there's like this text line that you could text should you ever be in a place where you feel really down because that's real. You know, so the suicide hotline number is 1-800-273-8255. And then the crisis text line you just text home to 741741 and it's a 24 hour um, crisis line. Yeah, that's good. Uh, uh, like, hey, hey, can I ask one more question? Let me ask one more question. You feel me? So, look, so I'll be eating healthy and stuff, right? You feel me? But people don't believe me when I say health is wealth. You feel me? Like, I'll be eating all these fruits and stuff, boy, and like. <laughs> veggies vegetables and stuff like that and i've been good ever since you feel me now don't don't eating healthy play a part in your mental health absolutely so See, i done told y'all they be playing i'll be telling <laughs> look this go out to all the people that said that sea ball ain't good for them 
They say it don't do nothing. Well, CMOS be working. I've been good ever since. Man, man what is this CMOS like? I'm sorry, like, cause is this a new fad? Like this, Doctor Sandia. Look, man. Like, look, man. I've been eating healthy all summer. I've been happy all summer. That's look. You want to feel Take it away, man. Let us know the food. Yeah, so the it does. It does matter. Um, so our gut is actually really has a very close relationship to what we're experiencing um, mentally. So if we put junk in the gut, for sure, we can feel depressed and vice versa. If we experience a lot of stress, it can actually cause um, irritable, irritable bowel syndrome because our body is sort of like, I know this is weird, but <laughs> the mind-body mind, connection, it's all one. We dichotomy. Hold on. Hold on. So you, you said irritable bowel, so that means you got to sit on the toilet real quick. So like, basically, okay. Let me say it like this, Marquis. So basically, when we experience a lot of stress, our body, our nervous systems are extending a lot of energy to managing the stress. And so it's almost like if we were all running from a bear, our, our bodies would turn off our, our gut. It would turn off our stomach because it's like, okay, we don't need to digest this right now. We don't need to extend energy to digestion. So it can actually cause, cause digestive issues. But vice versa, what we put in the gut also can positively or negatively impact how we feel too, for sure. Uh, see, look, because look, look, so I, don't, so I don't eat, you feel me? I don't eat no red meat. Like, I don't eat, I don't eat no beef. No pork, oh, you know, lamb. I feel like ever since I started eating that, I've just been positive, man. I mean, look, people don't be, they don't be believing. They be talking about come get these ribs, man. Them ribs go put you down. Like, I'm trying to let them know. You ain't never, you ain't never been sad after eating some ribs. Like, man, I really, 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 I for my 57, we Gucci. What are you talking about, boy? Man. Yeah. <laughs> you tweet, right? Look, man. <laughs> you definitely can't just be eating wild, though. You definitely can't. But, uh, can you give us some, like, this dispel some of the, the negative uh, connotations about medicine? You know, a lot of people, especially the Black people in community, I ain't taking those. It's gonna make me crazy. Like, ooh, like, nah, it's not like that. Like, you know, I, me, myself, I take Lexapro. It's definitely a, it's definitely a nice medicine. I feel like my, my mood and uh, demeanor is definitely different ever since I've been taking this medicine. Can, can you tell these people out here, like, it's not bad to take this medicine either? Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I think there is, there shouldn't be any stigma on having to take medication, for sure. I think um, I do prefer psychiatrists who will work with you and not just shove medicine your way, right? But I think, um, absolutely, I think medicine is really helpful when it comes to when we feel like we're sort of drowning, it can really help lift you up. And also, I think what's paired nicely with that is also learning uh, what I call resiliency routines. So learning different practices that you can also incorporate into your life that can also um, maintain that mental fitness. So I think that's also one tool that's perfectly fine to use and no shame should be associated with it. But unfortunately, there is at times, but. Y'all will not get crazier. It's not possible. It's literally to make to, to balance off the uh, the imbalance in you. And that's it. That's all. Don't you know? Don't. Plus, I'm cool. I take. It. I'm not in a moment. But uh, man, um, do you think there's issues when you're pairing those different uh, medications with like hard drugs and alcohol? Then yeah. that's a different case right uh, yeah that's a yeah. yeah to be honest okay so i'm not a psychiatrist so take this with a grain of salt but i have collaborated with a, with psychiatrists um some of my clients will also see psychiatrists but yes you should be there's two people you should never lie to your therapist well actually three your doctor and your psychiatrist if you are taking any type of drug you definitely need to make them aware of that because yeah, they're, they're dealing with your body. And when you're putting something else in your body that can sort of change things, you just want to make them aware. Um, and I would say going back to what Chevy said, make sure you're being bluntly honest. If you are feeling a little off, tell that to your psychiatrist, because it is sort of like a practice, right? They got to figure out what 
amount works for your body, all that. So they definitely, you know, it's kind of, you know, you got to test it a little bit, but once you find the right doses for you, you definitely won't be cool. You know, it took me a minute to get the right doses for me. I'm a big guy, so you know how that goes. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, once again, this is the Free Game Podcast Mental Health Episode. Got our girl in here, Jackie Allen, man, been dropping bombs on us. They done let the therapist through the dough, yeah. You me? They done let her in, man. Dom in here, man. He been stoic, uh, giving us, you know, coach vibes, man. But uh, I'm going to end it like this, man. Um, We need each other out here. Uh, All this pettiness out here, all this goofy stuff that's going on. We need to dead it. Um, losing each other is no love. Uh, we need more love out here. Love your brother, love your sister. It's not It's not needed. The, the pointless Peggy Hayden, they got this. You don't have that. Just, you know, the comparisons, we don't need none of that anymore, man. We, we all to bigger things. You know, it's, I know it's, it's it's trend, but let's make being in a better community a trend. You know, let's make that trendy. Let's let's make big enough our people trendy. Let's let's make having having old school fun. You know, like we used to be able to go to the parks and have crazy fun. Let's bring that back. Let's get by. Do that no more. Barbecue is the same. I do have uh, one last question for Jackie. Um, before we get off, there has been a spike. Um, there has been a spike in the last uh, two years uh, with suicides in the African American community. Uh, whereas, um, to um, I guess our white people during the pandemic, it's it's almost doubled down. And for people of color, it's doubled up. Do you have any kind of insight on why that may be? Mm, so I think systemically speaking, right, the pandemic hit our communities the hardest um, because of a couple different reasons. But I think um, that's interesting. I hadn't heard of that number and it's specifically associated with the pandemic. Um, yeah, um, I was I was reading a, a case study um, from a college in, in, in Maryland. They uh, specifically did that area, but I think it's been more so uh, kind of internationally as well, with just people of color um, being more prone to commit suicide than they have in the previous years. Mm. Yeah, I think um, I think that's also pretty complex. But one thing that kind of jumped in my mind is the pandemic kind of forced us all to take a look at what like we couldn't we were forced to not avoid our pain, whatever that looked like. Right. Whatever was going on at home, um, you know, things like poverty, everything became sort of amplified. And I wonder if I wonder if that's also in part why that increased. And I always share with people that I work with when when we experience suicidal ideation, again, that's a part of us that's trying to create distance from pain. Um, as like morbid as that sounds, it's the truth. It's a part of us that's like, this is unbearable. I need to not feel this way. And so I do wonder if, I think what that tells me is that our communities experience a lot of pain, physically, emotionally. We were definitely hit the hardest because systems were sort of not designed for us, right? And so like, for instance, 
in Woodlawn. I know CW was talking to me about how a lot of kids, that was kind of their meal, what they got at, at school. So different things like that contributed everything going on systemically. But I think, you know, just to generalize, I think that shows me that, um, pain was amplified, maybe not amplified, but there was no distractions from the pain. And so clearly people in our communities wanted some distance from that. Um, yeah. But even even uh, for that, uh, like almost like some of the, some of the people they pain is at home, you feel me? Like, mm-hmm. like some of they, like they, they come to like, you know, sunshine, they go to school, they do their sports just to get out the house because it's so painful to live at home, you feel me? Like, like watching the mom struggle or somebody sick or abuse, stuff like that. Like you can't even run from it no more because the world shut down. You feel me? So now you just got to sit there and just take it. Mm. And that, so that definitely could play a part too. And that's a good point, Marquise. And I think that's why I want to emphasize therapy is awesome, but that's an individual intervention, right? But we also have to look at the community as our client, right? Because some of these systems need to change to better serve us. Um, I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. Yeah, definitely. Like we, t- we talk about food deserts, right? Yep. Uh, yep. With, with us just here in Woodline having this first grocery store be here in maybe about 20 years. But then also we know if we date back about maybe a decade ago, um, the city shut down a bunch of different uh, mental health facilities, right? And so uh, these people who had these mental issues had no place to go um, besides probably getting locked up or sent to prison or something like that. So um, it, it, you're right. It's up to us as people in the community to uh, fight and advocate for these different injustices in our community and um, not look at it from a standpoint like, well, I don't have those issues. So it's not my problem, right? Um, back to what Chevy was talking about is love, right? And loving your, your fellow neighbor, uh, not because they can do something for you, but because it's the right thing to do, right? Our show is our show is just gonna ask you for two dollars. You already didn't go lie to you. I can use two dollars right about now. You feel me? <laughs> man, all right, man. Y'all, y'all got any more questions for Jackie, man? No, I just want to say thank you. I thank you for uh, you know taking time out of your evening for us. You feel me? Like I know you be having a lot of things to do. That therapy life is some busy, you feel me? So thank you for taking like you feel a good hour out your out your night to just, you know, help us out, you know, help out help out the world. We, we, we really appreciate you. No problem. This was fun. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> so I have to get you back again, man. I really appreciate your knowledge. I really appreciate it. Uh keys down, man. Free game. You gonna wrap it up, man. Y'all go like, subscribe, uh, get the views up, man. We out here, man. Get your mind right. Sign it yeah, up. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. We're on all different uh, social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, be looking forward to this episode dropping here real soon. Uh, thanks again, Jackie, for uh, taking an hour out your evening, spending time with us, uh, tackling such a very important tough uh subject to talk about that's plaguing um our community yeah yeah yeah